Welcome to the Northeast Florida Outdoors Podcast. This week marks our first fishing episode. I'm so excited about that. We got a local captain coming on. His name's Anthony. He's going to tell us some of the tips and techniques they use doing commercial and charter fishing offshore, how they get on different types of fish, what some of the gear they use, as well as just how they go after it, you know, day in and day out, and just get out there and find the fish at all costs. And they also bring some back to our local restaurants and help feed the family. So we're glad to have you along. Jump on over to Patreon as well as Facebook and YouTube and check out Northeast Florida Outdoors. We got a lot going on around here, y'all. Y'all stay tuned. Hello. What's up? Oh, not a whole lot here in the house with old belly full. I know that's right. You said you was cooking up some steaks? Oh, yeah. Steak, potato, salad, squash, zucchini. Oh, yeah. It's wife's birthday today. Oh, man. Happy birthday. That's what's up. Steak's always good. We ate steak uh, last night, man. I, you ain't going to believe this. Uh, I'm going to have to tell on myself, though. It's too crazy not to, man. I ain't cooked in a while because my fiance, man, she cooks real good, and I've been just letting her have it, bro. She has been showing out in the kitchen, right? So i just been letting her have it. And uh, so I go to cook these steaks, went to the meat market, got some meat because we done ran, just about run out of deer meat. So we go get these uh, this meat package. The T-bone steaks look real nice. I marinate them up for a while. I go to throw them on there. Well, when I go out, uh, first mistake I did is, see, I already made the first mistake and used propane, see? That's the first mistake. See, I already, see, I already messed up right there. And you see what I'm saying, bro? <laughs> so let me tell you what happened. So I go, I turn it on. Of course, the button don't work because this grill's been on there. It's got a smoker on one side. It's a big old, real big deal, right? Like a big bomb waiting to happen. So I, I, I push the button. It don't work. So I run into the garage. I leave the gas on. In my mind, I'm telling myself the whole time, oh, man, that was a bad move, right? I'm telling myself all the way to the garage. I come grab a napkin. I run back. I got the lighter. Whew, all my hair on my arm, bro. Some of my little bit of my eyelashes. I ain't even going to lie, bro. Literally got me, bro. Woo! Ah! A whole scream and the whole shebang, bro. No lie. Yeah. Hey, but I'm glad to get you on, man, and, and holler at you for a minute, and I don't want to take up a whole bunch of your time, so so why I got you, man. Let's go ahead and rip this thing out, man. You know I done yeah, started man. up the, the podcast, so welcome in, everybody. We're going to go ahead and crank it up, Northeast Florida Outdoors Podcast. I got my man on the line right now, Anthony. Man, it's just picture after picture after picture on these boats out here you're heading out one morning you know it's dark you're heading out it's dark at night i'm like man and see i already done passed up an opportunity to come hunt with you a couple of times and i feel bad about that and we're gonna make that happen this year man on if i don't got nothing else to say about it because that's kind of what we're doing this whole thing here at northeast florida outdoors for because man i just got into this hunting thing i don't know nothing man i'm not here to show out and tell everybody i know how to hunt and fish and i know everything 
I came up in a family with with basically my mom. And uh, uh, my grandpa kind of was anti-gun for whatever reason. I don't know. But, man, I just love it, bro. I love it so much, and I'm passionate about it. And it's like the pictures, I see them, and it's like, man, that's it's something to live for, bro. It really is. I'm passionate about it. And I could just tell other people's passion for it. And it just it's one of my driving forces in life these days, man. And I'm just really excited about it. So talk, So tell me a little bit about yourself, man, where you're from your background a little bit in the outdoors and stuff like that. And we'll go ahead and get right into it, bro. Well, I'm in Tiger. I was uh, born and raised down in Miami. Um, my grandfather, my dad, you know, they were shrimp, shrimp boat captains. So, uh, so I pretty much raised on the water on in a playpen on, um, started fish, fishing real, real young. You know, my dad used to take me out to the Everglades, out bass fishing, you know, out snapper fishing, Biscayne Bay. And uh, once I got my freshman year in high school, daddy picked me up from, from school and he was like, we're going to the woods, we're going hunting. And I was like, all right, we're going hunting, I guess. So we go out to the Everglades. Now everybody knows the Everglades is nothing but swamp water, mosquitoes, snakes, you know, the, the, the whole thing. And uh, so so we go full off the, the side of the road off the Miami Trail. We get out. We walk about a mile in the woods. And uh, I got a, I got an old 12-gauge shotgun. I sit, da- sit down on a stuff, and Daddy says, sit right there. I'll be back. Now, I'm in the middle of, the, you know, the Cypress Pond, you know, first time ever hunting. I'm young. He just tells me to sit down, and he says, don't move until I get back. Well, I'll tell you right now, that didn't last too long. Just just couldn't do it, you know. I was just like, nah, not happening. So got back with him, and then just, just from there, that's where that's where the hunting came in. And uh, we did that for a few years. The Everglades is a hard place to hunt if anybody ever hunted it. You know, you, it's a lot of walking, a lot of water, you know, you can't stay dry your feet sweat all day um it's hot mosquitoes you know about carry you away and uh did that for a while you know played football growing up also so you know that took up a lot of my time played through high school then right after graduating high school wound up moving up here well i was also a shrimp boat captain i started running a boat at 17 you know down in miami did that for a little while right before moving up, moved up. My dad was a union sheet metal worker, got me into sheet metal, and I uh, started doing that. Well, you know, work gets slow during the wintertime doing, you know, sheet metal. I'd go down to Miami for a few months, you know, make some money, you know, do that back and forth. And you just kept fishing, you know, fishing was in my blood. I, you know, I love doing it. You know, I fish, you know, any day of the week. You know, I do a four job now. And, you know, I love it. And even on my days off, you know, that that's what I want to do. I want to go fishing. And uh, I, was, I, I went to school, you know, to become a journeyman in the union. And uh, I did that for about 14 years. And then I was working down at the paper mill in Palaka right before COVID hit. And um, the job was coming to an end. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, 
good round up headed and wound up getting laid off. And I seen a post on Facebook, someone looking for a mate. And um, I, hit him, I hit him up on Facebook and he replied back. I started working for him for a little while. Then that, um, that didn't pan out. I started working for a guy down in St. Augustine. And uh, ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to become a captain of a fishing boat. You know, that's what I wanted to do for a job. So, you know, I, I made it for a while and I finally, you know, said, screw it. I'm going to school. I'm doing it. I went to school, you know, studied my butt off. The tests aren't easy. You know, you, you got to dang near, excuse me, dang near ace the test, you know, to be able to pass. So I did that, passed the test, got my license, which the license process took forever to do, even after the test. You know, it still takes about three months to get everything back from the Coast Guard. Um, I picked up a commercial fishing job with Palms Fish Camp off Hexer Drive. If anybody knows them, go check them out. Awesome oh, yeah, food. great people. Local, local, local fish straight off the boat from, from me, myself. Um, and then I wound up picking up the jo job with Jacksonville Fishing Charters, Team Buck Rogers, who I'm currently working for now. And um, I can tell you now, I, it's, it, it's the best thing that's happened. You know, it, it's been a lifelong dream of mine. And... I'm doing it now, and, you know, there, there, there's so many people envious of me because, you know, I do what I love. You know, every, every morning I wake up, I'm ready to go. There's not one morning I wake up and I'm like, oh, I, I don't want to go to work. You know, I... Oh, I bet, man. I can only imagine, bro. Man, I see all the pictures, bro. I see all the pictures and I'm I'm uh yeah that's what I was gonna say. Team Buck Rogers, man. Talk about that. Talk about uh um as a matter of fact, we'll we'll talk about them a little bit more. What I wanna really get into, man, is somebody like me, man. I came up and and what I did for uh, really everybody on the show don't really know a whole lot about my background yet, anyways. I haven't done a whole whole lot of introductions. So I'll go ahead and talk about that a little bit. Man, I came up fishing in the little rivers around here, the little creeks, you know, the little the little sloughs that come up, as we might call it, the little, you know, little drainages out of the out of the river and stuff. Man, after these river rat reds around here and these flounders, and you know, I hook into a big drum every once in a while, black drum, and stuff like that, mostly inshore. And then I got into some of that trout fishing with uh from bridges and stuff, some. And uh, even once I got a boat and different things like that, eventually, uh, and then I got into some of that artificial and stuff like that, man. But but and, and then I only did deep sea as far as going out any type of miles offshore or anything like that. My uncle, he had a pretty good sized boat in the 20 something foot range and they always fished the Kingfish tournament. They just fished it again this year. And uh, that's always been a pretty cool thing for us to go take part in, too, I thought. And uh, that's about all the fishing I grew up around, though, man. And my uncles and me and my dad and all us, my brother, man, we'd all, my buddies and stuff like that, we'd find a way to get out to the river and get us some shrimp or something like that and a cooler and you know how to do it, man. You go out there, 
and catch something, you know. But but how do you get into this offshore thing, man? How do you learn the tips and tactics and the things it takes to do that? Just tell me, you know, how you first got in to really going way offshore like that and what it took to kind of get into that and, and to learn what you needed to take to be safe out there, but to also be fishing and come back with some fish, man, and and, and not just be wasting gas and ice and all the things that, that you got to take out there with you. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, see, like when, when I was young, my dad used to take me on these trips to the dry tortugas, you know, and that's when I really got into the, the deep sea bottom fishing. You know, I was... I was in my teens when he started doing that. He used to take a 23-foot sea craft 70 miles from Key West all the way to the Dry Tortugas and, you know, go out there, stay on the boat a couple of days and fish. And um, so, so, so that's where the strategic thing came in. You know, there's, there's different places for different fish, different fish like different structure. There's different rigs for different fish, you know, different baits for, you know, certain fish like certain baits going to be too picky if they're hungry they're going to eat so uh so that's when i really got into really bottom fishing catching you know mutton snapper and grouper and you know right now that's that's one of my big fish that i i really love to target right now is mutton snapper grouper mutton snapper is one of my all-time favorite fish to eat um and and they're not like they're not like a fish that likes real structure there are fish that kind of hangs off to the side and you know lives over the sand and uh so when i moved up here you know living up here in jacksonville fishing out of you know northeast florida is a whole lot different than fishing down south you know up here you got you know to get out to decent fishing grounds you got to run out 50 to 70 miles to get you know on pretty good fishing grounds and um, I, I, I just kind of started picking up little things from every charter when I was mating, you know. I, when I was mating, I, I, I mated for, you know, decent captains, but captains that, you know, I knew more than they did. So I was kind of teaching them as they went along because they were new into the charter fishing game, per se. So, so I kind of put my knowledge into their brains they had the boat you know we made it work and it's just you know there, there's a new electronics out it's you know see more mapping they've been out for a couple of years now that has been a total game changer it actually has a 3d overlay of the bottom structure in areas of northeast florida and that's how i target a lot of my fish you know I, I use certain rigs, you know, for, you know, grouper, you, you got to use heavy gear, you know, 150 pound leader, about 15 foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like where that's going. I like where that's going. Anthony, tell us about some of the rigs for them different types of fish. Because a, a guy like me, if I just got into it, man, and came into it, say I hit the lottery or something because I don't got no money or nothing like that. But if I wanted to go out, man, get me some rigs and try to go out and chase these different type of fish, man, mahi. I don't know what them guys use out there, man. Uh, the big grouper, I see those guys pulling up those those big giant gra Goliath groupers, man. I can't hardly come up with the word, they're so big. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, tell us about some of the the different type of rigs y'all use when y'all when y'all take out and go out there. So, so when I 
when it comes to grouper, it, you, you have to have heavy gear. Um, a lot of these guys you see catching big, giant, goliath grouper, they're using, you know, big 12, 16-aught reels, you know, major drag, 200, 400-pound, you know, fishing line. You know, the, those fish pull real hard. The, the, the grouper I target, you know, they're usually in the 30 to 50-pound range, you know, a big one, you know, we call a freight train, is um, just a big, giant 60-pound black belly male grouper, and, you know, they're, they're nothing to play with. When you hook into one of them, you, you better be ready, because if, if you're not, they get you in the bottom and break you off. And then, you know, that's for the grouper. You're using about 150 pounds, leader about 15 foot with a three-way swivel to 100 pounds uh, floor carbon top shot to 80 pound braid on the reel. Um, mutton snapper, it's relatively the same thing. Lighter leader, I like to use 60 pound floor carbon with them. They're, they're kind of a, a little on the shy side, so I, I use 20 foot a liter fluorocarbon. Fluorocarbon's pretty much, once you put it in water, you can't see it. Usually use a uh, seven-aught circle hook up here in Northeast Florida bylaw. We have to use circle hooks when bottom fishing because they, they're trying to keep the fish from swallowing the hooks and getting the hooks in their throat and killing fish. Those circle hooks are designed. You don't set the hook. When the fish bites, all you do is whine, and, and the hook just rolls around and hooks the fish, you know, pretty much perfectly in the corner of the mouth. So if it's a fish that, you know, you're not allowed to keep, like, you know, these endangered red snapper we got up here in Florida, northeast Florida, um, that's not true at all. <laughs> there, there's a lot less mortality rate of fish with their circle hooks. <laughs> right, now, right. When it, now, when it comes to, like, your, your smaller fish, your vermilion snapper, we call them beeliners up here, your trigger fish, your porgies, we like to use what we call chicken rigs. It's usually a two-hook rig with a dropper loop down at the bottom with your weight. And you're dropping down on these, you know, schools of trigger fish, yeah. and liners, and um, yeah, let's talk about fish, that. You know, two at a time. Hey, yeah, see, look, so let's talk about that. So I got a little bit of experience here, so I want to chime in where I got. Hey, every little bit I got, bro, I'm gonna chime in on you because I don't got a lot. That's why I got you on here today because I'm learning a lot, really, about some of these rigs and stuff. But what I did, I've been out on a couple charter boats, and uh, I've been out, um uh let's see on a couple buddies boats and stuff like that and we've went out pretty far and and dropped in over over these wrecks i guess and pulled up trigger fish and uh some beeliners and a few different things like that man and and that was i want I, I just want to chime in right here and say something about i don't think the respect is given where where you got to go out here and reel these things in. Now, I, I do want to talk about, while I'm on this point, some of the different equipment y'all use because I've seen different things on. Y'all got down riggers or something like this that you use. Oh, yeah. Is there different types of, of things that helps you reel in these big fish so that way you can you can uh, get all these fish in, man? Because I, I could hardly get in the couple big fish. I, I just want to honestly say that it was way more difficult than I when I went out there and imagine, man, I'm just going fishing. From coming from that inshore fishing that I was used to, bro, 
going out there, it's a whole nother world, man. It's you against that fish right there. It's game time sometimes out there, man. And it's like if you don't plant them feet with this boat rocking, you know what I mean? It, it, you got to be careful, man. And I want to talk a little bit about safety in a minute, too, because that's that's an important thing, too. But, man, I just I had difficulties out there sometimes reeling some of these fish in, man, and it's just not giving enough respect. What Do y'all got downriggers on some of the boats y'all use, or does most people go out? Like, say y'all take some people out, do y'all use all uh, poles and stuff, or or is, is it downriggers too? How's that work? Yeah, for, so, so all the boats that uh, we have with Jackson Little Fishing Charters, they all have downriggers, which we use the downriggers usually this time of the year. You know, we got the kingfish bite is hot right now. I've been crushing the kingfish, been, you know, killing some big bull sharks. Customers been wanting, you know, bull sharks you know so we've, we've been taking a few out which they're absolutely horrible out there right now this time of year there's so many sharks um but we use the downriggers for kingfishing the cobia you love them um what it, what it what it is is you have a cable line or mono line with a snap swivel has a has a six pound eight pound ten pound weight that takes your line down on a cliff to whatever depth you want. So you can actually, if you mark your, the fish on your fish finder at 25 foot, you can set your lines down at 25 foot. You can adjust it up and down to, you know, put that bait. Nice. That's nice. Right, so. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so we use those for, you know, the kingfish and the cobia this time of the time of the year. Yeah, man, that's what's up. That's what I was going for because I had always wondered kind of what the downrigger was. I had heard people talk about them, and I had never really been on a boat that had any of them, I don't think, and that's that's why I didn't really know what they were. And and so, say like, so you do say, uh, you say y'all provide food for for some of the fish camps around and different things like that. That's pretty cool. Talk about that a little bit. How's that work out? Yeah, I um, I picked this job up with. Uh, Palm Fish Camp running their commercial fishing boat and how that came about I had a buddy Stephen Doctor that passed away two years ago down in Black Creek I'm sure a lot of people heard about him um, with an, it just got, fell over the side of the boat knocked, I guess got knocked out and sunk down to the bottom and they found his body the next day so he loved fishing for redfish so I put on a redfish tournament at Palm Fish Camp and uh, my, my good buddy, Bruce Hall, you know, good buddy now, I just, I met him, you know, in this process of setting up this redfish tournament with palms. He's big into, you know, the management and stuff with palms. Wound up getting set up with him. He helped me out so much getting this redfish tournament set up. Well, we kept in contact after the tournament was over. And he was like, hey, man, I, you know, I see your you know, crushing the fish, you know, why don't you come over and start running the commercial boat for Palm Fish Camp? And I was, I, you know, I was like, oh yeah, for sure. So I came over, I started doing that, and, and you know, commercial fishing to charter fishing is two different ball games. The, the, the commercial fishing, you're going out for multiple days at a time, you know, you're trying to catch, you know, your limits of fish, which is pretty hard to do. The boat, you know, the boats aren't real fast. They they go about 
10 miles an hour on average, so it takes you about eight hours to get to good fishing grounds. So you run eight hours, you fish for a few days, and there's some days that are good, some days are bad. You know, the fishing starting to fire back up, you know, with this moon that's coming. Um, it, it, it's just, but you can't make the fish too. So some trips are good, some trips are you know, not so good. Um, and then when I come back in, I, you know, some fish goes to Palm Fish Camp and the rest of the fish actually gets uh, delivered and sold to Safe Harbor Seafood. Nice. Out of Detroit. That's awesome, man. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That's that's awesome. I love knowing where my, my food comes from. It makes me want to go eat there more often, man. You know, I just... I'm all about that, and uh, that's pretty cool. I'm looking at some of the pictures from some of the fish y'all caught on August 3rd out there, man. Look like some kingfish, maybe, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's so many kingfish out there right now. Um, the bites hit and miss. You know, you got you got you to gotta constantly find them. Um, the fish have tails, you know, they swim. It's like I tell the customers, you know, we're going to go out, we're going to give it everything we have. Um, and, you know, you might have to bounce from spot to spot. And, you know, if the kingfish ain't painted out, at the end of the day, your customers got to catch something. You know, you got you got to try to satisfy the customers. So you have to have the knowledge of what fish are where, you know, when, to where if this ain't panning out, you can run somewhere and at least have them bend a rock. Right, yeah, and it makes all the difference too, man. When I've been out on boats before, and I haven't been out with you, but I'm surely going to have to come over now, especially after this conversation, man. It's just I haven't been out there a lot because I haven't been around it a lot, like I said, but it's surely something I want to do, man. And and uh, I just know that uh, that's that's what I'm trying to do here is is is, is – you know, see what what all we got going on here in Northeast Florida as far as fishing goes, and and try out some different things, and uh, you know, kick back and have some fun at the same time too, man. We're gonna tell some deer stories too, and you know, have some fun. But but like, definitely, uh, what are do you are you gonna hunt this year? So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna hunt as much as I can. Um, I man, I tell you the truth i haven't stepped foot in the woods not one time this year you know where i live oh yeah i really live in you know I'm, I'm i'm surrounded by it and i have my areas i like to hunt and i know whole deer but i haven't stepped foot out there one year and i i drive through through the woods every day and i'm like man i need to get out here and do it but this fishing you know it's not easy you know, waking up at, you know, sometimes, you know, when I have to leave the leave the dock at 6 a.m., you know, I'm waking up at, you know, 2.30 in the morning, some, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning to get up, get ready, and head down in the marina and make sure the boat's ready and all the rods are rigged up. And then, you know, these long trips, you know, sometimes I got 12-hour trips. You know, I'm running 70 miles, and by the time I get home, you know, I'm getting home at 11 o'clock at night on those long trips. So my my morning starts at 2, 2.30 in the morning and don't get home till you know, 11 o'clock, 11.30 at night. So it, it, it makes for a real, real long day. Um, 
out there in the water, and it, 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 it can get tiring. You know, everybody thinks that, you know, it's not easy. Like you were saying, you know, the fish out there in the ocean are, are def- totally different pulling fish. You know, these fish out there are literally fighting for their lives out there. And if, and if you hook into a big fish and you ain't ready, you, you're schooled. I love it. I love it. You damn right. I know I done got I done got a hold of one other man. Honest to God, truth. Thought to myself, ooh, am I gonna have to hand this baby off? Is he is he gonna have me here? Like, I don't wanna get snatched off the boat or let go of the people's pole that I know cost a lot of money. You know what I mean? So that's where I've been at before out there with one of them big fish on, man. And it's, it's, it, there's not really enough credit due to that. And I think had I come up around that, man, that's the type of high adrenaline stuff. And we're going to get some more, you know, of this fishing stuff on here, man, because this, there's a lot of credit uh, that needs to be due to to guys like you that go out there and work hard and bring some fish home for us to eat, man. I'm, I'm digging it. So uh, we got to figure out um, once we get off of here, we're going to set me up some kind of time to come fishing, man, before I really get out in the woods too heavy. I'm, I'm going to try to head out of state just over the line here somewhere, you know, get at least – right out of state and go up and and test out some of this new ground up here in georgia as far as i can go anyway so i don't know man i just know i want to i want to get you we we hadn't been out there yet so we definitely got to try to get out there and and there's some other people man that that i hope here to show that that we can get out hunting too i'm ready to get the hunting community back out in the woods man and and hunting around the campfire and eating backstrap so that's what this is about for me but I definitely am am really happy to have you on, man. I ain't gonna keep you all night, but I do want to talk and and tell some stories, man. Did you say you shot a deer? Well, I want you to tell me about your funniest deer story, and I want to see if you tell me the story that I'm thinking of. All right. So, this is a pretty good one. Yeah, let's hear it. Sudden, 
the car comes into view. This deer literally runs in the back passenger door of the vehicle, hits the car, flips over backward, backwards, and falls over right there next to the car. If I would have had the, if I would have had the back door open, the deer would have just loaded himself for me. Isn't that crazy, bro? Isn't that something? Has, is that the craziest thing ever, bro? That's something else. You told me that, I was like, listen here, man. And I understand where you're at with feeding the family, man. I am all about if it's legal, man, and it makes you happy, then you take it. And you never have anybody in the future. If you ever want to know my take on that, I'm about it just being legal. And, and that's my main thing. If it's legal, and then, then that's what we do here. We just follow the rules and regulations and have fun at it. And, man. You know, I'm just, like I said, I'm all about getting us all together again. We're going to get some things fired up. I'm going to try to do some different things here that I got ideas about. But I really appreciate having you on, bro. I ain't going to keep you all night. I know you just ate dinner. You're probably ready to go to bed by now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no no biggie, man. Just get with me. We'll, we'll get together. we shoot it. We'll, we'll take the John boat out. We'll go do some flounder gigging, you know, make some videos. Get some videos up of you know what Northeast Florida has to offer. Let's do it, man. I'm digging that. I, I'm down, man. I'll load some cameras up for sure and come hop down on the boat, man. It's just hard to do it all at the same time, but I can sure load up with some people around here, man. And we can go, we can go put it out there and show what we got, man, and build this thing together and and have some fun doing it and eat and come together, man. That's what it's all about. And, uh, man, like I said, I appreciate it. I ain't going to keep you no longer. We're going to talk about that fishing trip on the back end. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and I'll talk to you later, bro. All right, brother. Y'all have a good night. All right. Take care. Thanks again for stopping by here at Northeast Florida Outdoors. We really appreciate you, Anthony, for coming on. If you want, go ahead and step on over to Facebook and give Anthony a shout, Anthony Steiger. And also, Jacksonville Fishing Charters is on Facebook, as well as some of the stuff Team Buck Rogers is going on. And Anthony sent me another picture this morning. Um, and they're catching all kinds of fish over there. And like I said, guys, I really appreciate y'all stopping by and listening this week. We're going to continue to keep this thing rolling week after week with another guest from the Northeast Florida area. And maybe we'll step outside of that one day. But for now, we're going to see what we got going on in our area right here because we got a lot going on and a lot to offer in the fishing and hunting community. Thanks again, guys.